0: Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 172, with Stephanie Lambert. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 172. Stephanie Lambert is a bold mom mentor, life coach, and founder of The Bold Moms, which focuses on approaching parenting and life with a self-directed, sometimes counterculture, long-term view in mind. The Bold Moms focuses on supporting local stay-at-home mom sisters to help them reconnect with themselves, uncover their unique passions, and craft their own happiness to lead a bold and regret-free life. Additionally, the Bold Moms workshops and Bold Mom Mastermind courses teach modern moms how to parent boldly from a place of self-confidence in the face of our compare and despair short term focus culture. When Stephanie isn't spending time with her clients or mothering her two sons, often against the grain, she is busy activating her love of learning by trying new and varied activities like crew rowing and drumming. Listening to hear Stephanie share the power of counterculture parenting and why it is okay to parent against the grain, why team sports aren't for all kids or families, the truth about standardized testing and how it might be optional for your child, the importance and insignificance of homework, why you can be a stay-at-home mom and never volunteer at your kid's school, and how to stop parenting on fumes. This was a fun conversation. You're gonna love Stephanie's energy. you're gonna love what she has to share with you. She's gonna let you off the hook with a few things. So you might get kind of excited. I have met with Stephanie a couple times now and just had really fun uplifting and empowering conversations with her that have made me feel really powerful and strong as I approach later years of parenting as I get kind of out of this baby phase and into this school age, which I feel very, ill-equipped for. But I feel like a lot of Stephanie's knowledge and expertise has already given me some skills as we start approaching that with Vinny heading into kindergarten next year. So I know you're going to love this conversation. You might want to take some notes. And if there's anything you want support with after the show, definitely feel free to reach out to Stephanie by connecting with her. All links to anything mentioned in the show can be found if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 172, you will find all the places you can connect with Stephanie. Of course, you can always reach out to me as well, and I can connect to you through an email introduction. So I can't wait to introduce you to my friend, Stephanie Lambert. Stephanie Lambert, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here today. Oh,
1: I'm so excited to be here, Sarah. You have no idea. Super (laughs) stoked.
0: (laughs) This is going to be fun. We met at MamaCon. Yes. A very fun event for moms in the greater Seattle area, and that was in May, I think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then you reached out to me afterwards and you were like, we have to get together. We're like-minded. We love wine. Like we both <laughs> have Gonzaga connections. And so it was like, we had to meet. So very excited to have you here. Thank you. Yeah.
1: I felt like you're a sister from another mother. I was like, wait a minute, Real Housewives and the oh, husband right. hates it. And
0: yeah. I forgot so we have Real Housewives hi. connection. <laughs> so like many We things. must meet. It totally. Has to happen. <laughs> totally. So. Tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio right now. And what are you most excited about?
1: Well, right now, I'm super stoked that school's back in session. Is that something to be really excited about? <laughs> I'm sure the other moms out there, too. It's like, September, favorite time of the year. Totally. So yeah, so with my two boys in school full time, they're both in elementary school, I'm really devoting my time to me and to pursue my own extracurricular activities, <laughs> kind of right. frame it in that mindset and just my own enrichment. I actually just finished up a two-month learn to row course. Oh. Yeah, here on Lake Sammamish for crew rowing. And it was so amazing just to learn something new, be out on the water with other like-minded adults that like, yeah, we have no idea what we're doing. But by the end of this thing, we're going to learn how to row. Fun. And yeah, it was so great. And I'm actually about to start what my girlfriend and I call self-taught Thursdays, where I'm going to learn how to play the drums. So I just going oh, to try that. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> I am in awe right now and I'm totally jealous of both of these
1: activities. (laughs) (laughs) You can do it too. It's like there's so many times there's like, oh, look at my kid can learn to play drums. Like, uh, do you offer that for adults? Of course. Why can't I learn to play drums? I wanna do that. I, I just want like to try it. We
0: just got like all the value we need for this whole hour right now. Like we're done. <laughs> we're we <laughs> we all, sure all these forty year olds
1: going out like we're gonna start a band, it's
0: all drummers. Yeah We're all gonna try a new awesome. sport and we're gonna try a new musical instrument. That's right. <laughs> because you just gave us permission to do it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Go out and do it. They are for us too, not just for our kiddos. So
0: and do you have a drum set at home now for this?
1: I don't, but my friend, her kiddos are in School of Rock, which is amazing. There's an actual place in Issaquah School of Rock, and her youngest is learning how to play drums. So he has, like, a smaller set. I'm like, that's okay. I can rock the smaller set. I can just try it. And she's like, yeah, I've got the equipment. You can watch maybe some YouTube videos, and I've got the headphones. And she's going to learn to try to play her older son's bass guitar and we're just going to give it a try for like a month so and say, hey, do fun. we want to pursue it further? Or that was fun. What's next? You know, that kind of an attitude.
0: So I'm excited. Oh, that is so cool. There's a School of Rock near us. I'm going to totally check it out now for Vinny. It's
1: pretty amazing what her kiddos can now do. I mean, they're having full on shows at like the Crocodile Room in
0: Seattle. I mean, yes. it's like... <laughs> so I've actually seen their shows promoted. And I yes. don't know for people outside of Seattle. I don't know if School of Rock is a national like a franchise. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. But I will say they have like these shows at really cool venues and they open yeah. for like big band. Like it's really, really cool. I'm totally looking forward yeah, to this now.
1: It's an authentic rock star yes. experience and it's really certainly brought her kiddos out of their shell and, you know, just elevated the whole like learn an instrument to a whole new level. So it's pretty cool. So cool. Yeah. So are you continuing with rowing? You know, having- at this point, I'm not. I've discovered I'm a fair weather rower. So <laughs> even though... You can sign up for teams. You know, there's uh-huh. adult teams to do crewing. Like, you know, I'm gonna catch you in spring. You know, so like, <laughs> totally. Uh, I know how the weather is. Yeah, it's like I'm not that hardcore, but I'll hey, I'll, I'll swing back around now that I'm legit. I can drop back Holy. in in around May. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> when the weather
0: start looking nice. That's so awesome. Yeah, I love it. So fun. How old are your kids? I'm forgetting. Yes. I know my listeners would love to know anyways. Oh, yes. Well, I've got two boys, one in
1: first grade, so he's seven, okay. and one in fifth grade, who's okay. 10. Okay. So it's been quite an experience. It's actually another part of my business that I'm kind of pursuing is the bold moms of men and really talking to moms with boys yes. that maybe are kind of out of their element. I don't know if you are out of your element at all, Sarah. <laughs> Raising a son. A little bit. A little bit, a little bit. I'm like, wow, you people are from Mars. I mean, that book was straight on. And I only read it before as, you know, oh, relationships, this and that. I'm like, oh, well, now I have to parent these boys. And, you know, there's a big divide of difference between how my brain works and their brain works, not only as adult and child, but male and female. And so actually diving into that a bit as well, since I just feel like a fish out of water sometimes with these boys. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, that's coming as well.
0: <laughs> I love it. I have to tell you, I went to your website, your bold mom's website, and I saw the link to is it moms of men? Yes. moms to men. And I thought it was how we could like mother our husbands. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, all in. I was like, Oh, cool. I definitely need to learn how to better parent my husband. <laughs>
1: And then I looked and I was like,
0: oh, it's about raising men. Like, out of your sons, I was like, oh, this is also super necessary. Well, I think you could probably use it for both. I mean, really,
1: there's not a whole lot of difference from uh, 7 to 37. No, it's true. Oh, my gosh. They're nuggets that can help you with all the men in your life at every age range.
0: So (laughs) true. So true. So you primarily coach stay-at-home moms. And tell us why you chose this niche. I was actually really excited because when you mentioned this to me when we first met at MamaCon, you said you were in life coaching. And I was like, oh, cool. Awesome. And then usually people just end it right there. They're like, I'm a life coach and that's it. And then when you said your specialty is working with stay-at-home moms, I was like, oh, brilliant, because (laughs) it's a high need, and I don't mean this to sound patronizing at all, but it's a high need population, because there are circumstances and situations that are just so specific to stay-at-home moms that other moms don't relate to. And I mean, I just think that there's such a big difference between working moms and stay-at-home moms, and they are both like totally equal, but different Challenges, different rewards, and different reasons for being exhausted. So why did you choose that specialty?
1: Well, first off, I agree with everything you said. And there are differences. But yes, you're right. The frustration and exhaustion are a level playing field with both of us. as, You know, uh, work from outside the home and stay at home. But honestly, if I give you a little backstory, when I was younger and single, I didn't even know if I wanted to be a mom, let alone a stay-at-home one. You know, it's like, I didn't know if that was going to be in my life pursuit or not. I'm probably like most of your listeners out there. I pursued college, career, and a life with some sort of purpose or direction. And then at around age 30, I actually met and married my husband. And the obvious next step was kiddos, right? I mean, that's kind of what you do. And I felt lucky in that once my first son was born, I had the choice financially to either stay at home or go back to work and I made the choice to stay at home and I first off just disclaimer want to tell all the working moms out there a that don't have a choice or that chose to go back to work I totally support you and there's no judgment here we all have to be the moms that we need to be and that can entail either staying at home or having to get out (laughs) and work and that makes you a better mom to your kiddos by having that right But anyway, to come on back, I digress. So I made that choice to stay at home. But, you know, I was still a driven, ambitious and a can-do person, (laughs) you know, as I was before kids. And now I still have those qualities pent up inside me, but didn't seem to really line up (laughs) with the stay-at-home mom gig. I was like, okay, I got all this can-do attitude and... I'm going to kick those diapers, butts, you know, I'm, like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be a competitive stay at home mom. <laughs> That's right. It's like nobody's seeing what I'm doing here. There's no audience. There's no performance reviews. <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> I'm like, I'm craving that, you know, add a girl and pleasure to have in class kind of report card. And Nobody's given that to you. Okay. But I dove into that new role like everyone who I loved and admired said was, it's the most important job in the world. And so that was always like chirping in my ear. It's like, OK, even though I feel like this is drudgery right now. No, it's the most important <laughs> job. Really? <laughs> the most important job in the world? I'm not sure about that. There's a lot of questioning of that logic. <laughs> but, you know, I had all that drive and that proactiveness that I put into my education and my career prior to having kids. I try to put it into my days. So I read all the books, you know, that were all apparently required to read and tried to engage and stimulate my son at every possible moment and basically put my own self, my own identity on a shelf and just picked up a mama mantle. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to be the best. Kick ass Stay at home, mom. I can. And then second son came later, you know, about three and a half years later. And so I upped my game, you know, Ooh, look at me. I'm juggling two kids now, but. <laughs> With each passing day, especially after my second son got a little older and a little less dependent, I kind of looked up from the trenches of mommyhood, like, wait, what? (laughs) And realized that I had no idea who I was outside of being a mom. Had no idea at all. I started to get irritable, just irrationally mad. I felt really negative. I felt resentful. I mean, come up with a negative emotion and I was feeling it. And it just seemed to me like it felt like the further away from myself I had become, the more negative emotion and unhappiness and unsatisfaction with my life I began to feel. It was that separation that I really noticed. And so that's when I made the choice to pursue, you know, first some life coaching for myself. I was like, I need some mental health help because this is not how I want to roll with my life. This is not who I am. I really didn't know who the heck I was at that point. So after learning the teachings and techniques and applying them to myself and my life, I just realized how important this work is, this knowledge is, this life coaching that I have received. And I wanted all of my stay-at-home mom sisters who can be kind of isolated. You know, a lot of times we are the queen of our own little fiefdom and we don't see what's really happening outside of our homes You know, with the exception of, oh, library story time or, you know, all those little things that we sign up to do just to, you know, we're starving for social interaction. But it's still very isolating and totally up to your child who is the boss (laughs) now of you what they want to do. Right. And so I just wanted to make sure to benefit and make similar changes for my stay at home mom sisters in themselves and in their lives I mean, I felt like this is a calling in my own way to support those moms because I was one. I've been through that fire and I'm out on the other side and I see what can work and it's working for me. And I just wish that I had these teachings and tools and understandings when my sons were much younger. I know that if I had, I would have enjoyed that time of our lives together so much more instead of mostly at times simply just enduring it. And so I wanna help moms avoid that endurance (laughs) feeling And shift it to enjoyment. And that's a lot of shifting that needs to happen in order to feel that.
0: That's so funny. I just finished a talk that I'm giving next week. And I used the similar terminology around enduring motherhood. Yes. And I was like, before I had my son, I was like, I'm going to totally nail this. I'm going to be the best like work from home (laughs) mom with a baby underfoot ever. And then after he was born, I was like, Oh, my gosh, no, like, this isn't awesome, and it's not magical, and you just endure this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and there are days that are like that. I mean, I want to, you know, not have some false advertising, like, okay, if you life coach with me, or you get all this stuff down, like, you'll never have a tough day again. Like, well, that's not, (laughs) that's not true. But you certainly have the perspective to pull you out of those feelings that much faster. (laughs) Right,
0: right, totally. Talk about counterculture parenting a little bit. We talked about this when we met up a few months ago and it was so interesting to me. And I feel like you've really embraced this in how you parent your sons, but I know it's also kind of part of your mission and coaching as well. So define what counterculture parenting is and how you coach moms around cultural norms and going against the grain.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know, I kind of think counterculture parenting, as I define it, is going down your own parenting path, even if it diverges from what most of the moms and families around you are doing. It's not parenting from a place of keeping up with the Joneses and the Joneses kids. And it's got to be at your core, like, okay, I know this is different, but I know this is right fit for me and my family. And just feeling that confidence in that, in spite of the fact that. You may be the only, you know, it's like one of these kids and doing their own thing. I don't remember that from Sesame Street, but it's like <laughs> kind of one of those things where you have that feeling of like, no, I know this is right. I know it's different, but I know it's right for us. And part of that is just figuring out what your long view goals are for you and for your kids' lives and then making choices today that will put you and will put them on a path to achieving those goals. And I'm not saying goals like, OK, I want my kid to go to this college and have this kind of career and you know, that's small thinking. You know, it's more in line with, I want my kid to be satisfied with their life. I want my kid to be a nice kid and a nice adult and care for others and cultivate their authentic selves and their authentic gifts and share those gifts with the world and, you know, make the world a better place in their own small way. You know, those are the long view goals I'm thinking of versus, hey, I want my kid to get a 4.0 in the sixth grade. You I know, mean, that's not, <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about here. So, I kind of argue that at least in my community and similar to your community, since we don't live that far from each other, but, you know, we're in this high socioeconomic, I am in the suburbs of Seattle, in the shadow of the Northwest Silicon Valley, you know, the majority Mm -hmm. of the moms around me are just running ragged, trying to make sure their kids are signed up for the right extracurricular activities, the right sports, get the best grades, take the AP classes, you know, in high school level, get into the gifted program. I mean, you name it, they're trying to resume build and help their kids resume build in this pretty competitive area that we live in.
0: This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is You probably don't know that Americans take in about 20,000 breaths per day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors. The indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. Indoor air pollutants can cause upper respiratory symptoms like sneezing, coughing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous conditions. Contaminants, so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I am so excited that we just got our own air doctor for our house, and we will have it all up and running and ready to go in time for... All the things that come with spring weather, but also smoke season, which is just around the corner for those of us in the Pacific Northwest. And I know many of you across the country. So here's how you can get your own Air Doctor. First of all, Air Doctor comes with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping.
1: When you're doing that, you're not necessarily focused on those long-term views of teaching our kids resiliency and grit and that happiness is only generated internally, you know, not from things they receive, not even from, you know, trophies they might receive. It's actually generated internally that they're trying to instill in our kids that they are a working part of their families. When I coach moms about counterculture parenting, it's all about diving deep into what their long-term goals are for themselves first and then for their kiddos. And like I said before, it isn't what college they go to or what career they have, it's about, do you want your child to feel happiness in their lives? Do you want your child to appreciate their authentic selves? Do you want your child to have the ability to take care of him or herself? Do you want your child to share their gifts with the world? Do you want your child to be kind and think for and care for others? And then once those long view hopes are set, you know, hopes for our kiddos, We kind of talk about, me and my clients, we talk about what steps we can do today that help align with that long-term view. If we take small actions to kind of orient ourselves on our life map and get ourselves into that right path down the road and over time, we'll get to the destination that we want. If we don't know or we don't have those long view plot points and we don't align today's actions to them, at the end of the day, we and our kids will just be lost and nowhere near where we wanted to be at the end of this game.
0: That makes sense. That totally makes sense. And I can see how that you know, Vinny's only five, so like our extracurriculars is like we go to gymnastics once a week. So yes, but I love can that. see our schedule. <laughs> it's great. We used to do swimming once a week and gymnastics once a week. That was too much. So now Good for
1: we it. well, good for you for and that's part um, of it is understanding that and going, It's too much. We're gonna step something back. We're gonna yeah. trade off yeah. for sure.
0: But I can see how you get into kind of a rat race routine around, like your days just get filled with these activities. And you are just surviving in these activities versus like you said, looking at the long term goal, looking at the long term plan, like looking at like, you know, how am I building an emotionally intelligent child or an empathetic child and those kinds of things. So I think that makes so much sense to really keep the bigger picture in perspective. Yes, rather than focusing on some of the more immediate things that can seem so high pressure. Yeah, um... when it comes to activities and academic performance. How have you embraced counterculture parenting as a mom yourself? And what have the outcomes and impacts been on your family? So, one big way that
1: I've embraced counterculture parenting is through the enforcement of my favorite word now, chores. <laughs> Love, loving the chores. <laughs> I heard one podcast, and I'm sorry that I can't reference it specifically, but they were talking about this Harvard study. It was all guys graduating from Harvard, and they kind of tracked their success in life and trying to distill it down to, like, okay, well, what was it? What was it that made some of these Harvard graduates really succeed and others not do so well? And they distilled it down to who did chores when they were younger? I thought that was so impactful. I was like, wait. I doubt we're going to Harvard, but we can do chores. (laughs) (laughs) We can do that. So, and I used to have a lot of my own identity as a stay-at-home mom locked into keeping up with the housework, right? That was part of me slaying the, um, you know, to use one of your terms, slaying the stay-at-home mom uh, business, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, again, as an ambitious college student, career woman, I had all this, that inner gusto to be a a badass stay-at-home mom and just you know, just be killing it and crushing it at home and cleaning and all that jazz. But through my life coach learnings, it's just become apparent that I didn't want to tie my identity and my time to being a kick-ass domestic goddess. In fact, I hate that word. It's like, <laughs> it's like, no, I'm sorry. We, we cannot find fulfillment in cleaning. I really don't <laughs> think we can. I Maybe I guess it's just me, but I know that's not how I want to be a goddess. There's other ways.
0: <laughs> right. right. Um,
1: But I was feeling like the hired help without the pay and sick days. You know, I just really was feeling taken advantage of. Um, So I changed my thinking from I'm going to kick butt at all this housework. It's my job, right? I made this choice to stay at home. This is part of my job description. And I want to be good at my job and all those feelings. So I changed that line of thinking and that thought to be my boys are old enough to do this work and it is important for them to learn to do it. These are important life skills. They will feel confidence in accomplishing this work. They will learn that they are an important part of our family and their contribution is vital, which leads to higher self-worth. And when I do them a solid and make their breakfast every now and again, which I normally don't, they're doing it on their own, they understand the work that goes into that. And they say, thanks so much, Mom, for doing that for me, unprompted. Before this, that would never, I could never see that being a result. (laughs) So there's just so many pluses for enforcing that and focusing on making time in the schedule for them to learn and to do these chores. And, you know, of course, is it easier and faster for me to do it? Yeah. That's not the point.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. This is tied to one of my lifelong view goals of, I want my kids to be self-sufficient, independent, confident team players. And part of that is learning to do chores around the house for our family. And, you know, we've had to evaluate some other activities and see if they can do those activities in addition to being students first and being working members of our family second. And if the activity showed to be too much of a time crunch where those first two priorities were negatively affected, we had to either curb our participation in that activity or just not sign up for it. It's like, nope, can't seem to do that. And these two things and these two things being, you know, having our chores done and doing the student work are more important. And so we're able to just kind of set those boundaries and go, nope, That doesn't align with our long-term view.
0: What is your kids' take on chores? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, at first, it was a battle. They're like, wait,
1: what? You know, what is this new world order that you speak of? I'm like, it's a brand new day, boys. It's a brand new day. I was so excited. I was giddy. It was like me at Christmas when I was eight years old. I was like, oh, yes, chores. You know what? It's been a bit of an uphill battle to start it. But then once that kind of ball is moving, Mm -hmm they stick with it. You know, it's consistency, 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 where it's like, nope, you don't get a pass. Nope, you got to do that. You know, you'll get into that rhythm where then it just becomes muscle memory and habit. Right. And I feel like we're right in that space right now where we've got the momentum behind us. They understand the expectations and there's not a lot of grumbling to do it. Sure. Some days we all have bad days and we all want to grumble and especially boys have zero filter for (laughs) not keeping (laughs) their grumbling inside. So that certainly does happen. But Luckily, you know, I can stand firm in my knowledge of like, nope, this is a long-term. Goal, and I know this is so good for you, so I'm sticking with it, and I'm gonna just plaster that smile on my face while, even while you're grumbling and saying, "I know it's not your favorite thing, but I know that you can do it." So go ahead and get started. Yeah, <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> Teflon, Mom, Teflon. <laughs> Vinny feeds the dog, and he a few times has been like, "This is just too much. I can't do this every day. I'm not." He'll feed, while he's like doing the actual, he'll be like pouring <laughs> the food in, and then he'll go, he'll be like, "Starting tomorrow, I'm not doing this anymore." So I just say, "Then starting tomorrow, I'm not feeding you." That's right. <laughs> like, we all Perfect. have to feed someone in this household. And that's just Love the it. way the world works. So do you do with the chores situation? This is probably opening the door to a whole nother conversation. But is this for allowance? Or is how do you manage that?
1: Yes, it is for allowance. And truth be told, you know, I expect them to kind of kick in for things that probably a lot of moms maybe not think that it's their kind of job to pay for some of that. So yes, my older one gets like $5 and my seven-year-old gets three. Now we've got two things that kind of, can change the amount that they get and so I actually have kind of a it's a jar of like poker chips <laughs> oh. and they each have one color and it's kind of like when I see them doing something that's either unkind or breaks a house rule it's like oh put one of your chips in the jar it's like a swear jar mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, for yeah. kids and they do have a chance to if like they do something above and beyond oh take that chip out you totally you know got that back off your account basically so nice. they get taxed at the end of the week if they've got some chips in that jar it's like mm, each chip is 25 cents Ooh. You're down to like two bucks from your $5 (laughs) a week for you. (sighs) Try again next week. But then on the flip side of that, because they're putting in that work and tying their work into money they make for themselves, I want them to learn like, hey, things cost money in your childhood. It's not just a need that you get fulfilled by me. So for instance, my son came home with this flyer to join the choir program. It's like, really? Okay. Sounds fun. 135 bucks, right? So I'm like, okay, well, how much are you gonna pay to participate? I need some skin in the game from you. Because that might help him to be more dedicated to it. Because it's like, Oh, yeah, I paid two weeks allowance to participate in this. Yeah. And yeah, so we have that doing for their camps. It's like a ten percent rule. It's like, Okay, you have to kick in ten percent of this, you know, mountain bike camp. All right, you know, and they so I want them to prioritize these experiences and over toys and stuff that they get. Yeah just bored with after a day. I'm just loving it. I'm loving it. They had to like help pay for a field trip. It's like, hey, you want to go on that field trip? Kick in some money. (laughs) This is a privilege. So you can kick in some money if it's worth it to you to go. And that might be kind of a little bit harsh, but I don't know. It's like the sooner you learn that lesson, the better, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I had to start paying for stuff really young. So I wore a uniform to school because I went to a Catholic school, but I had to start paying for my own clothes outside of my uniform in like the fourth or like the fifth grade, I think it was. And I was babysitting. So I had like, I had my allowance. And then I also had babysitting money. And I was babysitting like very consistently. So I could do it. But I was so bitter about it because none of my friends, I went to a private school and all of my friends, like I remember one of my best friends would call me and be like, we just got back from shopping and I got like seven pairs of pants and three shirts. And I had like two outfits. I had my uniform and then I had my Saturday outfit and my Sunday outfit. So when it came free dress day, like I didn't have a million outfits to choose from. I remember in the high school, after we all got our driver's licenses, one of my friends opened the back of the trunk of her car at one point, and she had like seven pairs of jeans in the back seat of her car. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have one pair of jeans because that's all I can afford to buy because I have to buy them right. myself." And so it was so shocking to me, and also I was so bitter towards my mom. But I like have this relationship with money now, though, that mm-hmm. I am like I'm such a saver. I'm very conservative in many ways. I'm always like making sure that everything is like stable and secure and there's enough to go around. And so it's just been really interesting how it's impacted my relationship with money to have to be responsible for some of those things from such an early age, even though I didn't really appreciate it so much at the time. Right. you know, I
1: might be fostering those kinds of attitudes in my voice too. But again, it, it's kind of like, well, but this lines up again with a long term right. view of like, right. you need to be smart about money, you need to understand the difference between a need and a want. Right. And you need to have some skin in the game for things that you value. Yeah. And those are things that you know, and, and we're in that same shadow, Sarah, where it's like, Oh, look at all these privileged children that you're going to school with and mm-hmm. all the things that they have. And it's like, sorry, that's not where our priorities lie. And I don't want them to be caught up in that either of, you know, you can only buy happiness. It's like, oh, that's so not what I'm trying to teach you. And this is part of understanding that, you know, money can be used to enjoy things like learn something and participate in choir, but it's not there for just keeping up with your friends and the stuff they have. So
0: Hey, mamas, just wanted to pop in and talk about our sponsor today, Kind Bars. Kind Bars is my like total go-to grab-and-go snack. Now, here's the thing about snacks and just about food in general – I try to make food as mindless as possible because then it's simple and easy and I don't have to waste mental energy on it. But this is why I eat the exact same breakfast every day, literally exactly the same. So often our snacks are exactly the same too, because I just don't have to think about it. And that is why kind bars are so perfect for my family because we get their snack packs delivered to our door. And then we just have bars and I grab them anytime I'm walking out the door and Vinny needs a snack. It's just grab a bar and get in the car. Super simple. We don't have to talk about it negotiate around it. It's just done and it's mindless. So I so, appreciate that kind bars can be a healthy, nutritious source of energy and calories for Vinny. It's a great mix of protein, carbohydrates, and fat so that it does sustain him for a while. Same with me when I have them as well. I have them very regularly. Often I'll have one mid morning. So again, this is sustainable energy, no crashing, no sugar spikes. I love it. So if you want to try 10 bars, 10 kind bars delivered to your door for free, you just have to pay shipping a couple dollars. Go ahead and go to kindsnackscom slash Shameless. Again, get 10 bars delivered to your door for free. You just pay for shipping if you go to kindsnacks.com forward slash shameless. And now back to the show. Let's talk about some of the norms around academic performance and homework, because I know that you have some big opinions and really interesting opinions and data on this. So Let's go ahead and go there. Tell about your experience and how you advise moms who are struggling, especially with if the norms set forth by the school or the homework schedule set forth by the school is not really in alignment with what your family values or the way you guys value academics.
1: Yeah. So you know, in my kids' school, we just go to a public school, and I think a lot of elementary schools around the nation. I I just feel like there's a lot of age-inappropriate levels of homework. I don't Mm -hmm. know how else to say it, where it's just like, wait, what? We weren't even reading until like middle, first grade. Right, (laughs) right. I don't think the kids' brains have changed that much in, (laughs) you know, 30 plus years, but we're expecting so much. And this kind of, again, it's a little tangent, so different for boys in school too, versus girls. So that can be a whole separate podcast or conversation, but it just amazes me, you know, what they need to learn at such a young age. And then the fact that they have to sit and for six hours and I know they get out, but it's so much less time than we had. And, you know, it's, I don't know. I just feel like the road that we've gone down with public schools is not the road that all the data kind of shows us that yeah. <laughs> actually they need less time and more movement. And, you know, And, you know, some kids don't have any issues with homework and some schools even have a no homework policy, which is amazing for elementary schools. I think that's completely age appropriate. I wish more schools would adopt that. But for the rest of us, we have to manage what schools are deeming as appropriate and expected alongside with what our kids can actually do and how much time is devoted to homework outside of the six hour school day. I recently advised one of my clients about this. Her third grade son was struggling with math. And had, to him, so much math homework sent home that it just became this drawn-out battle with both mom and son ending up in tears. I think maybe some moms out there listening might, you know, find some, you know, resonance in that. But it was just too much at the end of an already long day of listening and learning and sitting for this boy. And I asked my client, well, what is your long-term goal for your son with math and school in general? And she said, I just want him to like going to school and to not have a negative view of math. Right. So... I suggested that, you know what, you come up with a plan. First, you got to get on board with a husband, (laughs) united Mm -hmm. front. But I suggested that she met with her son's teacher to see if they could have their son maybe answer half of the homework questions or whatever the amount was to keep the homework to like a 20-minute session at home. Just here's what we can do in 20 minutes today. And it might be one question answered. It might be five. Just, you know, again, depending on the day and the energy of the child. But cap it at 20 minutes. You know, and they had, and I had to kind of coach her too. You got to understand, and you have to be fine with the fact that because homework can be like a grade on an elementary school report card, well, it you can. Might be the,
0: it can. They it's get graded, and
1: homework is its own subject.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, a lot of that is or organization. I mean, okay, the okay. the level of elementary school report cards is kind of hilarious. I should actually just do a blog on just tearing <laughs> apart an elementary
0: school. That's funny because mine. I mean, back in '82, it was. Like just your seven, five like things. whatever, your five or seven <laughs> subjects, like reading, writing, math, oh, music. It's a
1: two-page document broken oh down gosh. into like five things. Oh, Lord, yeah. You'll have some fun with that. Great. Right. Can't wait. <laughs> can't <laughs> wait. But so they had to understand like, okay, so it will show up on your, again, elementary report card that mm, you got kind of a lower score on your homework. But because that wasn't a long-view goal of hers, you know, a long-view goal wasn't like, oh, I need my kid to get straight A's in the third grade. That's not a long-term goal. What was the long-term goal? It was so that he wouldn't get so upset going to school. He had a favorable view of school and a favorable view of math and just a love of learning versus the results driven. And so they brought that solution to the teacher. You know, again, you got to work with your teachers. You're on the same team with them. and It's not an antagonistic relationship, but... The teacher was perfectly fine with that solution. And the client's son was able to keep up with his class, enjoyed school from then out. And now he's in fourth grade, and actually his favorite subject is math.
0: Oh my gosh. So, so,
1: I mean, as parents, you got to be advocates for your kids and don't be afraid to kind of brush up against, again, what the cultural norm of the class is doing, the pace that's being set, especially at the elementary age level. This is the time to just be like, yeah, I hear what you're saying we're going to do it this way. We understand the ramifications of that as long as you're cool with it, we're cool with it, let's move down this path. And so that's just kind of one example of just you've got to advocate for your kiddos, because there isn't a one size fit approach to your kiddos. And that's what public school is. And we can push up against some of this. I mean, another example I have with my own son, we have these state based testings that start, I think in third grade, they start. And I just was like, you know what, I find this to be inappropriate. I find this to be too comprehensive. And I didn't want my kid that already has some anxiety issues and, you know, freaking out for this, you know, it's like a two day, three day test, like third grade. What are we SATs for third grade? (laughs) So I was like, uh, okay, what do I do to opt out? I want to opt out of this test. What do I do? And I had to jump through some hurdles. I had to email the principal directly. And the principal was hard pushing me back to say, well, you know, this is a way to gauge how he's doing. I'm like, he's tested once a week in his classes so i kind of know where he's at right <laughs> so yeah we're going to miss that so tell me whatever paperwork i need to miss out on and in fact what we did we went to uh, disney world that week
0: oh my gosh you know, a lovely trip i was just going sarcastic <laughs> to sarcastically say did you go to disneyland <laughs> yeah we did we went to disney world because oh my gosh. it was a
1: full week we missed i'm like hey there's educational opportunities went to the kennedy space center as well so cool this is a better spend of our time than doing this standards based
0: assessment thanks and they're specifically designed to combat Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder. So if you are a heavy shedder, or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to nutrafol.com. That's n-u-t-r-a-f-o-l.com. Promo code Shameless. Nutrafol.com. Code Shameless. Not the Disney World part. Were you the only family that opted out, or did families know there was this opt-out option, or were you like the only one that pushed it to the point that?
1: I was pretty much the only one that pushed it to the point. There was another mom that wanted her kiddo to opt out for part of it. And so you certainly could, but that was never in the verbiage Mm. of what was coming down. You know, it's like, hey, by the way, state testing is starting or this standards-based, whatever it was called. There was no like, hey, if you would like to opt out, you know, this is what you do. Right, right. So I was just like, well, I'm doing that. So what do you need me to do? (laughs) To let you know (laughs) that we won't be there. And we're going to be getting a tan and we'll see you in a week. Right.
0: (laughs) So I love that. Well, I think that's such a great example of being an empowered parent and not letting like you are in charge of your child. Like you can make family decisions. The school district is not in charge of your child. You know what's best for your kid. I love that.
1: Well, and we were okay with the ramifications. Now, you know, when you get into high school age, I believe that those standard-based tests are required, but they weren't for elementary school. And at high school, that's age appropriate to take those kinds of tests. So my main beef was like my nine-year-old, we're not doing that. I don't think it's appropriate for them to be doing it. So it's kind of my own little form of protest.
0: Yeah, those tests aren't for the benefit of the children, they're for the benefit of the district being tracked. Exactly, exactly. So it's very different than like, but your kid has so much to gain from this. The kid has nothing to gain from it.
1: No, they really don't. And they even tell the kids like, well, don't worry. And if you don't finish, and I'm like, what are we teaching them? Why are we doing this then? That just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Totally. Talk about your experience with team sports. And you've touched on a little bit already, kind of how you found value in other activities But go a little more into that. I was so interested when we talked about this, when we were met in person and how you have really, kind of, I guess, debunked some of the the after school sporting industry.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's my goal. Well, yeah, you know, and here's the deal. And I know that you sound like you're right in that sweet spot schedule where it's not overwhelming, totally age appropriate. And up until third grade, Little League Baseball, I felt that sports and activities that I signed up my oldest son up for were totally age appropriate. They were not, you know, schedule crushing situations. But that all changed in the third grade, again, nine year old, when he was on a Little League team. Two practices a week, two games a week, batting practice, on and on and on it was. I was just like, are we going for like, are we in the NCAA that I didn't realize that we're on a college team? What are we doing here? And it just comes down again to what is the long view goal of being involved in a team sport or any extracurricular activity? Our long-term goal was not for him to be a stud baseball player, to even make his high school team, which is really competitive, by the way. So again... If you have that as a result of what you're trying to achieve or a college scholarship, the numbers are not in your favor. (laughs) It's just like just put whatever money you're going to spend on their sports and put it into a 529. You know, just let's just do that. So when we were in that craziness, we really were moving quickly out of a well-rounded schedule to one driven by a game and for one driven by one member of the family schedule it was like we were eating you know dinner out there on the field and it just was like what's going on here why am i a slave to a third grader's baseball schedule and you know i understand that team sports can teach kids about discipline dealing with failure working with others all those are great things they can learn through team sports but sometimes i think we forget that kids can cultivate those skills in other ways they can do it through scouts you know girl scout boy scout other community type of service clubs, other clubs, or even just rec league levels of team sports that are out there. You have to find them. They don't have the advertising budget like some of these other things do, but they're out there for you to just enjoy the sport. Learn it, get some recreation, have some fun, keep it in its place. But once we wandered into that uber competitive, highly expensive, super time-consuming sports world, again, third grade, It just can push out the other long-term, the long-view goals and get your kids way off track. So really what I wanted to do was just I wanted my kids to know that sports are fun. They are recreation. They are exercise. But to be honest, most of us don't play team sports past high school. That's a short amount of your lifespan to be crazy busy preparing and doing this thing at these younger ages, in my opinion. So it's just, again, putting it in its place and not being a slave to, well, this is the only way that he'll be able to play this sport in high school. It's like, should that be the result? And by the way, that might not work out for you. And then what happens when they don't make the team and you've sunk all this time and money and effort and then they didn't make the team. So it is just aligning your daily trade-offs with mm-hmm. that long-term view. That's really yeah. what it's about.
0: Yeah. So is your son in th- currently third grade? That was in third grade. He's now in fifth grade. Oh, I'm so sorry. That, okay. Yep.
1: That was the last year we did. Okay. League.
0: And now is he in sports now, or is he doing just completely different activities, or is he activity free?
1: You know what? He does. Although I have to say, you know, some kids love the traditional sports that are offered. You know, you got your soccer kids that love the sport or baseball and football and everything else. I mean, don't get me started on football, but <laughs> that's a whole another thing. You know, he doesn't have a tendency for that, but he loves skiing, you know, winter skiing. He loves mountain biking. He loves these other things. So we get out and we just go in and do recreational activities. He's out on his bike all the time running around. We did sign up for a parkour gym that's in redmond and that's great it's like hey again you're getting an awesome workout it's like crossfit for kiddos you know so cool doing ninja warrior stuff it's like they don't even realize that they are getting the amount of exercise they're getting i mean they're a sweaty mess when i come (laughs) get to them like yes we got our money's worth today but just to kind of put in their heads like exercising is important joyful movement whatever that means to you is important it doesn't have to be these other sports that just about everybody else is involved in
0: Right, right. Well, and I love the idea of getting involved in kind of the less traditional activities. Yeah. I have a friend, a woman I went to college with, and I follow her on Facebook, and her little girl, I want to say she's maybe seven or eight, and she's like super into skateboarding awesome. And she is like skateboarding in like these long, like floor length tie-dyed skirts. She's like part Ah! hippie, part skateboarder with like her helmet and her knee pads and her elbow pads. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is the best. This is the coolest thing. And I love that. Like, I don't know how they found it. I don't know how they stumbled upon it. She loves this and she's great at it. But it's so cool to see and it's and I was someone who was terrified of team sports and terrified of like PE class and you know if if we were playing basketball in PE and I like messed something up for the team like that would just be the most awful thing in the world but I love the idea of like trying out different activities and see what resonates with you and finding out that like maybe parkour is something that you're really good at and like when would you ever find that out practice in soccer practice or basketball
1: exactly and so and the great thing is like you know the day and age that we live in now there's so many opportunities and where we live we have so many opportunities. I mean, there's I, we rolled up on, at the skate park, which is another big hangout of mine and my boys. But yeah, they're having a skateboarding camp. I mean, so there's all these kinds of things, you have to really listen to your kiddos, you know, and know their authentic selves and what they really like in sports or recreation or time off and pursue that for them and give that opportunity. And then don't be afraid if they're like, yeah, I did that. I don't want to do that anymore. All right, right, well, let's see what else there is to do. (laughs) So, you know, enjoy the process of the hey, they learned something, they improved their skills at something. And now they want to go and do that with something else. And that's perfectly fine. We don't have to yoke ourselves to one sport and that's it. It's like, that seems like a very limited view.
0: Right, right. So I want to shift gears a little bit about coaching and how do you coach moms to focus inward and enrich themselves and prevent running on fumes?
1: Yes. And I find that so many of us, especially stay at home moms, we are running on fumes because We give so much to everybody else and it's so much of like, okay, understand that that doesn't help anyone, least of all yourself. And what do we need to do so that you're living your most bold life? And then the great news is like just byproduct, byproduct happiness gets washed over everybody around you. Yay for that. But the cool thing is like, no, well, that's not the result is that I can be a better mom. It's the result is I want to live my life in bold. And then that in turn Just gives off the good stuff. So I have my clients focus really on their thoughts and their feelings about their circumstances and their lives and coach them and show them how that changing their thoughts can change the end result. It's all about how you perceive things in your life. And if you choose to have a negative thought about it, then the result's going to be negative. If you choose to shift your thought, you're going to feel differently, you're going to act differently, the result's going to be different. So I try to teach them that You know, the great thing is we don't have a whole lot of control over our lives externally, but we have ultimate control and power over our thoughts. And that's the prism with which we view our whole life and our experiences. It all goes through this prism of our thoughts. So I have them do a lot of deep dive thinking about what I call their life essentials, those long term views, those long term goals, I have them do an exercise where you see yourself at your end of your life, hopefully, you know, you've got a fabulous retirement community, you know, lovely view and vista that you're looking at. And have you think like, okay, there I am, kind of at the end of the timeline. Now I'm looking back to now, what are the things that you want to make sure that you see in your life that you're doing or have done? You know, what was it that you experienced? What gifts did you cultivate in yourself and then share with others? you know, what was your perspective? Was it positive or negative? The majority of the days of your life. And another way to get at those life essentials is to think, you know, if that doesn't do it for you doing that kind of exercise, that mental exercise, is to think of the end of your life. And what are the regrets you want to make sure to avoid? Sometimes those can be easier to conjure up than what you want to have in place. And then what you can do with those regrets, certainly flip it, right? So do the mere opposite of that regret, right? And so once those life essentials are brought to the surface, we talk about what actions you can do today that align with those life essentials. You just kind of plot your course to get to those life essentials and be living those or on the path to those every day. And it helps to kind of do this because once you do, you can then measure your commitments, your trade-offs financially and with your time against this roadmap. And it becomes that much more clear to establish boundaries, to say no to things, and to say yes to the things that you know are in alignment.
0: Yeah. So much of what you've talked about today has been in reference to an end game. Like, what is the final goal? Like, you talked about that with kids. What is the final goal? Do you want your kid to be like someone who's really good at standardized testing, or do you want them to be an empathetic human being? (laughs) Yes. Do you want, and I love the reference that you just made in terms of where do you want to be at the end of your life in terms of living in a great retirement community and having like the, certain things accomplished, which by the way, I have like dreams of living in an amazing retirement community. So uh, I hope it happens. Like
1: <laughs> I'm already there. I, it was kind of sad. You know, I went to my youngest preschoolers graduation, which was what, a couple years ago. And they're like, class of 2029. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so far away. But I keep thinking about 2029, 20, baby. It's coming. <laughs>
0: let's get excited for retirement. Totally. I know. Sad. I'm like, can we get all of our friends to like live together? Like on a oh little my cul-de-sac gosh, yes. near a lake. <laughs> We all have our golf
1: carts, you know, and there's just like wine and different drinks every night, socializing and having fun. It's like college. I know. Yes, this is what I'm envisioning. (laughs)
0: Like if I'm going to be so disappointed when it doesn't work out that, if it doesn't (laughs) work out
1: that way. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You got to make it work. So that's exactly
0: it. So you set these end of life goals. And for your kid, maybe you're setting adulthood goals in terms of how you want to shape them. And for yourself, you're setting end of life goals, but you're always looking way down or way into the future thinking like, what do I want it to ultimately be like? And that is such a great thing to be mindful of when you are shaping today. And like you said, you're filling in pieces and that can be, that's a lot of backtracking to look from, you know, 30, 40 years in the future, all the way back to what you're going to do today. But With the help of a coach, you can definitely do that. And you can start to see how these little things that you do today start to be the stepping stones to the life that you want to have down the road. And they'll also be so life enriching for you now because you'll start creating things for yourself that you really, truly want right now, rather than just being reactive to the life that happens to be going on around you. Exactly. I really love that. And that's
1: what I feel like it is. And you know, and there's so many times kind of in the doldrums where you feel like you're a victim of circumstances outside of your control, because you cannot control your kids. They are not little robots, even though there's times when you wish that they were. (laughs) And I used to feel like it was such a reflection on me if my kid was acting out or, you know, I got the email from the teacher and, like, mm, you know, that's a referendum on my parenting. And to be able to drop that and just understand like, nope, you know what, we're trying our best. And these are these other things that we are focused on. And this is an alignment with how I want to live my life and how I want to do it each day, because each day is a gift. It just kind of helps to bring that all into focus and perspective and not get mired down with the minutiae of the day to day, for sure.
0: Right, right. In what ways are you a shameless mom? Well,
1: you know, gosh, I feel like I mean like you've given a sh- us a
0: few examples. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like being a
1: shameless mom is one of my life essentials. <laughs> <Nice>. so, yes. <laughs> yes. How can I be shameless today? You know, just like you say at the end of your podcast. Right. But in truth, it gives me the roadmap and permission to pursue what I want for me, regardless of any like proactive result. Right. It's about the process. And. You know, if I can diverge for just a quick minute, I took this strengths assessment and I discovered one of my strengths is a love of learning. And it really shifted my thinking from what is the result that I'll get from doing this thing? Or is it worth my time and money? Or is it a waste of my time and money? Or doing it help me do X, Y, or Z? To I just shifted my thinking to just enjoy the process. Don't focus so much on what the result is. The result will be what it will be. But if you think, you know, you're kind of leapfrogging over the process to get to the result, you just, you kind of miss it. You miss the point.
0: Right.
1: And so that was that kind of thinking that led me to take up the crew rowing classes. That makes me want to do our self-taught Thursdays with drumming. And, you know, I'm probably not going to do anything with the knowledge that I gained from crew rowing, or I may join a team. I may not. I don't know. But that's not the point. The point was to learn something, be out on the water, be around other like-minded people that wanted to learn something new. Because my love of learning brings me pleasure. Just being in the moment of learning is the goal. And I would also say if I could, a second way I'm shameless is I don't volunteer in my son's school. I think that's like the ultimate.
0: This is highly controversial.
1: (laughs) I know it's highly controversial. And I don't want to take anything from the moms that enjoy and actively choose to volunteer in their schools, as long as they're making that choice from a place of like, yes, this is my jam. I want to be here. And it's not the result of well, I want to be here because that'll make me look better. Or I want to be here because I need to offer a crutch to my child. Or I want to be here because I want to check up on my son's teacher, make sure they're doing the right job. Those are different goals.
0: I want to be there as a spy to spy on the child to see if he's like an instigator of other people's distraction and disruption.
1: <laughs> just well, just understand that you know. Oh, you must not have gotten the emails yet from your teacher. I am so battle tested when it comes to like. Uh, so here's what your son did today. I'm like, oh, which one? Oh, that one. Okay, let's. All right, now I know. Go ahead. <laughs> You know, I was never the fan of like, you know, they put up the hands of like kind of motioning you over like, oh, you know, you pick up, I pick up my kid every day. It's like, oh, can you come over here? It's like, oh, this is never good. It's never like, <laughs> oh, he had an amazing day. It's never like, here's this awesome thing. Did. It's like, oh, geez. What? Okay, I'm ready. Right, right. But yeah, I don't volunteer. So that's just not a choice I want to make. I see that time that he, when my kids are at school, first off, it's been hard one <laughs> to get them to this point. And I see that time when they're at school, not only as my time to enrich myself, they're enriching themselves, they're learning, they're thriving. And now it's also my time to enrich myself. But it's also their time to craft their at school village. And I'm a part of their at home village. And I do what I need to do for them, and with them on our time outside of school. So I just don't want to be just, I just don't want to be there. Yeah, I don't need to be there. That's their time to focus on their teachers and maybe the other mom volunteers. That's that great? That's great. That's their at school village. And that needs to be developed outside of me. And that's kind of my feeling on that.
0: <laughs> nice. So in just a second, we need to find out where we can find you. But I want to thank you for being here. This has been so amazing. And I appreciate everything that you have said about counterculture parenting, and just giving moms ideas of different ways to show up in motherhood, I think is really, really powerful. We find out where we can find you. And we need to do your shameless mommy minute. So first, tell us where can we find you? And where can we connect with you?
1: Okay, well, can I just say this has been awesome as well. My sister from another mother, I've enjoyed all (laughs) my time with you. And I'm here for you. And oh, thank you. Vinny is going up the ranks, and (laughs) certainly share my knowledge as a battle-tested mom of men. Awesome! (laughs) Awesome. If you ever need me, reach out. I'm here. Thank you. Yes, my website is the Bold Moms. That's more than one mom because we are in this together. It's a movement. TheBoldMoms.com. You can also find me on Facebook under the Bold Moms. And, you know, I conduct my Bold Mom mentoring and one-on-one coaching locally here on the east side in Seattle's shadow, along with my Bold Mom workshops and Bold Mom mastermind courses. So I serve, I'm doing it more locally. So the east side communities of like Redmond, Bellevue, Woodinville, Isquah, Sammamish, all those good little communities. So, you know, they can contact me from my website, my phone number's there, email, all that good stuff, and we can get down to some bold business. And that's, yeah, that's where they can
0: find me. Excellent. Thank you so much. Okay. Lightning round. You ready? I am ready. What is your favorite way to treat yourself?
1: I'd say walking and chatting with friends or with clients. I love getting that physical exercise and fresh air along with that social connection. That I mean, truthfully, that's really my only form of multitasking. (laughs) Because I think multitasking is
0: the work of the devil,
1: but I can walk and chat. (laughs)
0: Nice. Current book you're reading or the last one you read?
1: This is a great one. How to Raise an Adult by Julie Lithcott-Hames. Oh. Yes. She is actually a bomb. So she lives in another high competitive area down in the Silicon Valley. And she's also a, like a student advisor or, um, for Stanford. So oh. amazing perspective of... Kids going into college and still not having those life skills and not being resilient and moms and dads being helicoptery even at the college age and just kind of how alarming that is. Yeah. And that book really just raised that idea of the importance of life skills and chores to that level I needed to shift my thinking and put those skills as a number one priority. And it actually gives you like a breakdown of here's some chores and life skills that your kids need to know and should be doing every age. Oh, it's a great book. And so even if just to get that section alone, a yeah, quick yeah. pass, it was frightening when I looked at it I was like, "Oh my gosh, my 7 and 10-year-old can't even do the stuff that she says that the 2-year-old should do." So we need to get on oh it. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> we need to Okay, get on well it. I will put that that book will be in the show notes. I'll put a link to the book. So if people want to go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 172, that will be there as well as Stephanie's website and Facebook page and everything that she's mentioned. And okay, next question, what is one morning ritual you can't live without?
1: I'm sure so many moms have said this, so I don't think I'm going to be, you know, totally unique, but my morning coffee, but I wait and I wait until once the boys are off at school, I turn on some spa radio, I get my coffee, I sit in my specific little chair and I read a book. Oh, nice. But it, they have to be out of the house first. I don't want to waste my good coffee mojo with them <laughs> out. <around. laughs> That's so interesting
0: because no one is specified that way. I feel like most people have it like first thing in the morning because thing. they need it to like open their eyes. So I love that you save it and it's a savory, experiential uh, savory. thing.
1: For sure. And I think that just kind of elevates the satisfaction, yeah. at least for me. <laughs> no
0: Who is your biggest inspiration?
1: Well, I'm going to break the rules and just say two, but I'll do it quick. Well, first, my mom you know, she was an amazing stay at home mom, but she gave me some of the best advice that always resonated with me throughout my life at various challenging intervals. And her advice was this, you are in charge of your own happiness. It's true. Nobody else can give it to you. You can't get it from somebody else. You know, so when it was the first, you know, love breakup, remember, you're in charge of your own happiness. So, so much of that just helped me with my perception of what I did have control over. And it's up to me to make my own self happy, not on somebody else's shoulders or by somebody else acting in a certain way. So that was just an amazing piece of advice that I always continue to come back to. It's the key of everything, in my yeah. opinion. I was also greatly inspired by Brooke Castillo. She's an author and a life coach, amazing life coach. And it was through her teachings that I realized to manage my own thoughts, which has turned everything around for me. And she also inspired me to pursue coaching. So those are my two.
0: Very cool. If you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why?
1: I think I would love to give every mom, including myself, just the power of that perspective so that you could recall it at a moment's notice, that long-term view perspective and be able to synthesize it and use it in the day to day. Because I think that would just help bring the calm (laughs) and be less reactionary to understand the long-term view and just apply that lens to the things in the day-to-day that can really push you into future fear mode as a mom. It's like, oh my gosh, you can't tie your shoes at eight years old. How are you ever going to sustain yourself outside this house? You know, I mean, you can go from zero to 60 like that. But (laughs) just if you have the perception, like, it'll all be okay. You know, this is a phase, or we'll work through this, or we have our life essentials in our viewpoint – we can make today calm and just proactive in a way that it aligns us with where we want to be.
0: Right, right. Yes. Thank you. That was great. So Stephanie, thank you so much for spending time in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I know that people learned a lot and I so appreciate you being here and I hope we can connect again soon. I would
1: love that. I would love to talk as soon as I have my old moms of men really up and running and yeah, we can talk about that. Let's do Totally. Revisit. Definitely. Definitely.
0: <laughs> Yes, yeah, so we can learn how to parent our sons better and our husbands. That's right, it's a double mean, it's a twofer,
1: it's a twofer. Oh, I did want to let you know too, I sent you a, you can put that link in your show notes, but my life
0: essentials little worksheet. So oh, that's cool. certainly yes.
1: available to your listeners if they want to take some time and figure out those life essentials for themselves.
0: Awesome, thank you. I will definitely include that in the show notes over at shamelessmom.com, episode 172. Thank you, Stephanie, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Sarah. Bye. Thank you so much for spending time with Stephanie and me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. Remember, all links to the show, anything mentioned can be found if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 172. Do me a favor, help a mama out, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy and share this episode with other people so that other moms can get some support that they need in this whole game of momming. It's a bit of a game, right? So I appreciate you sharing the episodes. It really does help us spread the shameless love, which I'm all about. Also, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we do have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So there's always a new show just around the corner and you can never miss an episode if you subscribe to the show. So go ahead and go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and click on the subscribe button and that will go ahead and let your device automatically subscribe to the show so that you get every episode as soon as it is downloaded. Lastly, thank you for spending time with us. If you learned something new, in addition to sharing this episode, please do write a quick review. If you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, you can write a quick couple sentence review for me. It makes a huge difference. It makes me feel really great about myself, which is always fun. But also when moms go to look at this podcast and see if it's a good show for them, they read the reviews and the feedback and that's how they know like, oh yes, I need this in my life. So please just write a sentence or two about what the Shameless Mom Academy means to you in a quick review over at ShamelessMom.com. Shamelessmom.com forward slash review. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't wait to be with you again in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
1: If you are a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent.